How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. This is a HeadGum Podcast. I have to say what I feel. Miami has so much appeal. A great place to get a seafood meal. Miami. Miami, Miami, you've got style. Picture it, Los Angeles, 2016. Welcome to Out on the Lanai, the only Golden Girls podcast you're ever going to need to listen to. I'm H. Allen Scott. And I'm Carrie Doherty. And this is a podcast where we watch an episode of The Golden Girls and then we talk about it. You're saying this in a weird way. You've never said it before. Because I'm laying down looking at the ceiling as if The Golden Girls is my new boyfriend. You're technically lying down. If you're laying down, that means you're lay- you are laying something down onto the ground. But if you yourself are... Like, you're lying Potato, potato, Carrie. I am on my couch in my home dreaming of the Golden Girls. (laughs) So, uh, if you're listening for the first time, um, H. Allen doesn't usually open with such a dreamy voice, but he is today. And we just watched season four, episode 15, Valentine's Day, which aired on February 11th, 1989, and... Is a fun romp of an episode. It's a bunch of different vignettes of Valentine's Day pasts with a very special guest star. Uh, it's a super fun episode. <laughs> it is, actually. I really enjoy it. There's actually like there quite a few iconic moments, one in particular from this episode that has stood the test of time in the GIF world. Is that the condoms one? The condoms moment, but also the nude the nude hotel one's also a pretty important moment that people talk about. Right, yeah, yeah. with the big giant heart cardboard yeah. cutouts. Yeah. yeah. I still have, here I can, sh- I can play it right now on the podcast. Um, my friend Ryan was in town from high school and we were playing, we were talking about the Golden Girls and I was talking about condoms or as condoms, condoms. And I was like, I just want that as my ringtone. And then like a second later, he sent this to me. That's no, great. I don't know if you could hear that. You, that was very quiet. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he sent me that. So every now and then I'll change my ringtone to condoms or as condoms, condoms, condoms. Condoms, Rose! Um, what are, I feel like I already know the answer to this, but what are your general feelings towards Valentine's Day? Well, in New York City, there was this show at UCB, I think it was. I forget. Anyway, it was a Valentine's. No, it was the People's Improv Theater. And they had an annual Valentine's Day show where um, three single people would vie for the attention of a a man, whatever. Um, And I had the unfortunate distinction of being a very funny single man that they would keep having coming back on the show. And after four years of being one of the contestants, it got to be so pathetic 
<laughs> that I had to say, no more. I can no longer do your dating show because clearly after four tries, it's not working out for me. And would they um, would they spell that out each year and they'd be like, and returning yes, for it a third on, year in it a became row. A, yes, it became a thing. Uh, but yeah, no. So I don't give up about no Valentine's Day, nor do I feel any obligation to celebrate it at all. Yeah, I don't really care about it either. Really? Yeah. So what if Stan didn't remember Valentine's Day? Well, I mean, he'll rem- I mean, I wouldn't care. He'll remember. Really? Although I think Valentine's Day or I guess the day before Valen- the day before Valentine's Day is technically our anniversary, I guess. So Oh. Yeah. How do you determine your anniversary? Like from your first date? No, it was just, it was the day that we... Because that's a high pressure date if it's the day before Valentine's no, Day. No, 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 no. It was the day that we decided that we were a couple. That's how you do it. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I've never really cared much about Valentine's Day. I mean, day. it's a fun day to like make jokes about. Yeah, I guess. It's a fun comedy day because not only can you like make jokes about your significant other, but you can also make jokes about like being single. And how and no how, one loves you. About how no one yeah. loves you. I mean, I do that 365 days a year, but uh, it's always nice to have a day to make it, you know, validated. Yeah. 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 I get that. All Fuck right. Valentine's I was just curious day. to know what you thought of Valentine's Day. Yeah. Um, Don't care. Dorothy's outfit in this episode. The to red me, outfit? It's to me it, it feels more like a Christmas outfit because it's red it's That's like red velvet. Two episodes in a row where you have commented on Dorothy's Christmas outfit. Right. It's like it's red velvet and there's a white collar and she's wearing these beautiful silver earrings. But red and white is like, that's ho, 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 Santa Claus for me. Oh, see, and I see that. I totally see that. But I did not think that during the episode. I was like, oh, that's a great Valentine's Day outfit. I mean, they put the girls in a lot of red to keep, just remind us. Yeah, yeah. She also kind of maybe looks like a sexy priest. Oh, because of the white collar? Yeah. I don't think so, because with the priest, you only see a little piece of the collar. That's true. It's mostly black. Maybe she's an Episcopalian priest. Is that how they, is that what their collars look like? I don't really know, but. (laughs) But maybe. (laughs) But maybe. (laughs) Isn't there like Protestant priests and shit and they wear those similar things to priest outfits, but they're not. They're like little subtle differences and they have like a white collar, but it's not like a white clip thing. I I was raised Catholic, so I'm just used to the good old fashioned traditional garb. I had a joke in my act when I first started comedy and it went like this. Um, uh, I was raised Mormon, which is something a lot of people don't know. Uh, Um, what how did it go? I was raised Mormon. Um, unlike Catholics, I didn't have priests to show me the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was raised yeah, yeah, something I forget. Yeah, yeah but it was a That's subtle. Funny, I like it. Yeah, it was bad. Um, so <laughs> all of the girls were dumped on Valentine's Day, which is how they yeah. come to sit around the table, drowning their sorrows in ice cream and chocolate. So much food. So we, much food. That episode, table is full of food. The episode opens on Dorothy just eating, just stress eating chocolate. Yeah. Yeah. Because all the dates have canceled. Um, yeah. Also, Blanche, Dorothy and Rose have already been dumped. Blanche gets dumped on the phone yeah. in the moment, which it's so funny when she's on the phone, she says something that I also, now I want this to be my ringtone. Die, my trash, ringtone. die, 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 die. No, she goes, I hate you, I hate you, I hate you, drop dead. <laughs> and I was like, oh, what a fun, what a fun uh, little like 
what a fun little thing. It's to like say. it's like her eat trash I hate and you, die I hate line. You. Yeah, eat trash I hate and you die, slut or stamp or. It's amazing. Um, yeah. So the women, we sort of go around, and you know, this is a vignettes episode. So we flash back to the women at the kitchen table, and then we go to these little flashback stories. And the first one is um, a story that Sophia tells, mm-hmm. um, which uh, this story took place in like 1929. So we, of course, we see young Estelle Getty, which is always. Always a dream, always a blessing it to is see. Actually, you know, when in watching Young... We're just reminded of how good she looks every she time we see her. Good. She looks good in her posture. Yeah. Is noticeably different. Yeah. Um, what's interesting about what I noticed in watching this episode in particular, but I, you know, I see it in all the others as well. When we see young Sophia, you see a stark difference in the way she communicates. So, like, there's something about the way she talks modern day, modern day, quote unquote, in the Golden Girls world, where she's old Sophia, where she's more mean. She's more rude. She's more quick to judge. She's more quick to be insulting. She's lived a life. She's lived a life. And she had that stroke. And then before that stroke, Clearly, this woman was nice and caring, and she had a moments of sass. She was Italian, but like you know, it, she was a little bit more vulnerable. Yes, she listened to her dad. She yes. was a little less of a of a stubborn kind of woman who like talks back and always thinks yeah. she's right. And You're you right. See she that was in softer. This. She's softer. Yeah. yeah, that was a very uh, astute observation. Thank um, you. So Thank their car you. has broken down on Valentine's Day in, in Chicago. Chicago. Road trip. Um, and Sophia's dad is, she calls him Papa. He's played by the actor who later goes on to play Angelo. Yep. Once they just mysteriously replace Angela. Because she died. Because that's right, because she passed away. Um, with a new character, Angelo, who was supposed to sort of replace Angela. Um, and the car's broken down. The mechanic has other stuff to do. And... Sophia's dad is like just shitting on Sal. Like, oh yeah, total oh, Sal's shit party. so cute too, in his little like his little taxi cab hat and his little trench coat. He's cute, but he does not look young. Not like Sophia. Sophia pulls off young better than this dude does. I also i di- I didn't realize he's a lot taller than Estelle Getty. I didn't realize how much taller he was than her. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. thought he was just as short as her, um, but. You know, Sophia's dad is... That would be is, a short man. She was like five feet tall. Yeah, she's teeny tiny. Um, but her dad doesn't know why she loves Sal. And she's like, you know, it's kind of hard to explain, but it's like the little things, you know, but she can't quite, she can't quite articulate it. Why does any dad ever understand why their daughter loves another man? That's going on a card someday. <laughs> <laughs> There's your Valentine's Day card. Yeah. Um, but Sal gives a mechanic like two bucks to try to use his tools to fix it. And yeah. then... Her dad goes off looking for a bathroom, and while her dad's gone, Sal, she's hungry, and Sal gives her a box of chocolates that he bought before they left for New York, and they've been on the road a couple days, and Sophia thinks it's really sweet that he's actually remembered. Yeah. Like, wait, you planned this well in advance. That he knew Valentine's Day was coming up, and that he needed those chocolates at the ready on Valentine's Day And then he does his laugh that I love where he goes like, (laughs) like that goofy. (laughs) I'm like, ugh, I never knew any of my grandfathers growing up, but I just like, I like, yeah, they all passed away before I was born. Um, I knew all of my grandparents parents my grandfathers one was a good man one was a dickhead yeah that's all i got about it's so like 50 50 half good half bad. oh and then i had a step grandpa and he was okay but he died relatively young but i remember certain things yeah 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 yeah, yeah. but the dickhead one ooh, and he just was gross Ugh. yeah no bueno nope no bueno. So <laughs> Sophia's dad comes back from the bathroom. We 
hear machine gun. Yeah, you hear machine guns the going St. Valentine's Day massacre. He's saying that, and it's funny too that Sophia's like, "Dad, we're not in Sicily anymore." But he's like, he got he got in line behind a bunch of guys. He thought it was the bathroom, and then he's like, and then I just kind of like saw bullets flying. There's so much exposition to get to that line. There though. is so much exposition, but it's like I don't know. But anyway, if you guys don't know, the St. Valentine's Day massacre. Uh, happened in 1929. It was the murder of seven men mm-hmm. of the Northside Irish gang during Prohibition. Chicago, guys. Chicago and Prohibition. Things were happening. Yeah. Al Capone, organized crime, all that yeah. stuff. So that's what it was. Um, I'm just on the Wikipedia page. That's all I'm going to give. Uh, but it, it's really funny that that Sophia's like, oh, come on, Dad. This is Chicago, not Sicily. And you clearly hear like what sounds like a machine gun. Yeah. Um, and then Sal pushes the car yeah. out of the mechanic That's out of the uh, the body shop which you know what like that right there Sophia's dad should now shut up because yeah. he just fucking pushed that car by himself while both of you were in it um <laughs> yes um so <laughs> then I'm just gonna get right into the next vignette because I really want to talk about it which was the last Valentine's Day the girls had where they went away for yes! the weekend to a lodge in the mountains. Teddy Potel. And also, we don't really, we don't know where the mountains are. We just no, know No, because they the said mountains. the mountains. So, uh, Carrie thinks that they uh, suggest that they could have flown, which, yes, they could have flown. I like, don't, I feel like they're in, like, Colorado. I Yeah, I don't think they would have gone that far um, to fly for a weekend getaway. Like, it's it, they literally call it a weekend getaway. A weekend getaway, you go in your car. You don't fly. You can't, well, you said it yourself. Plane tickets were so much cheaper back then. That's true, they were. But to fly half to fly across the country, basically, like Colorado's a lot. Like I'm thinking, maybe they're like, you know, maybe they're in. I don't think there are mountains in Georgia. There might be in South Carolina and North Carolina, almost certainly. But so maybe they're there. But there's none in Florida. I just googled how long to fly from Miami to Boulder. It's like four hours. Yeah, it's a little over four hours. I mean, you know, you leave on a Friday night, you come back on a Sunday night, and also the women aren't really working. No, sometimes they are. But anyway, wherever they are, it's in the mountains, and they're very excited until the man who works behind the counter pops up and is not wearing any clothes. <laughs> and there's a great moment where a man walks up also nude but carrying large bags mm-hmm. to cover his junk and cover he's like deep. he's like where would you like me to put this and Blanche is like buy me a drink and we'll talk uh, I mean ever- you can put them I mean it uh, dad in the room like she have you ever been cute. to a nudist anything I haven't have ever? you no never never not never. even to like a spa no no you don't do naked no no not really I do naked yeah I will do naked I, I, I love a naked can't really I, yeah, I've just it. Oh, it just always makes me feel weird. I don't know why. why. I don't know. I've I've like just have never. I just don't embrace like that part of me. I'm sure it's like oh, if you just embrace it, it'll. I'm sure it'll like open like the way that if I would went skydiving, it would like open up my mind and my world and my whatever. Nah, but, I don't need to do skydiving. But yeah. I was raised with a pretty sort of like German family. Like we were naked a lot, and I've yeah, I've always been a naked person yeah like i'm not i I don't walk around my house naked because that just feels weird to me right i mean i do when like you know i'm in transition of changing and stuff but like but not i rarely will ever just like hang out at my home naked yeah however um i love a spa you know what i mean i can i can get down for like a weird skinny dipping party like i can get down for all that shit i probably wouldn't go to like a nudist hotel though but there is a nudist colony here in California, not colony, like a resort. Um, it's like an hour. It's like near Palm Springs. 
in California. And it uh, it has a nudist Elvis impersonator, our past guest, Lenora Claire, um, a Golden Girls enthusiast. She told me about this, and I really want to check it out someday. We should go. Ooh. Yeah. Well, but do I don't have to get naked, do I? You probably do. Well, then why are you even asking me this? <laughs> Free your mind and the oh. rest will follow. You know what? Free your mind and the rest will follow. You know what, though? I have, I've been to, I did go to Fire Island with my friends where they had a, a clothing optional beach where yeah. people had their little like personal areas set up. So I went there, but me and my friends were all clothed. Ugh, so unfortunate. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, yeah, I, I don't, I wouldn't do the, Nude beach. Oh, not because I mind being nude, but because I'm not a beach person. Sure. You yeah. feel like, oh, you'd get sand everywhere. It's not even so much that. It's like there's no Wi-Fi. <laughs> like there's no Starbucks nearby. Well, here's what's, this is what was weird to me. So the girls are up in their hotel room, which looks very nice. It's a very like lodge looking place, which yeah. is what makes me think they're in like Colorado. I they're love like that in hanging Twin plant somewhere. And they're looking out the window at everyone yeah. who are just, they're outside naked. And I'm like, if yeah. they're in Colorado and it's Valentine's Day, it's got to be freezing out there. So they're there. not in Colorado, clearly. Right. But um, they're probably in like a South like, Carolina. I, to, I lived in Georgia. Temperate I don't climate. Think there are mountains in Georgia. But there's a place called Stone Mountain in Georgia. I don't know. There are probably mountains in Georgia. Google it. Mountains in Georgia. No, I don't want to. Okay. I will. Um, so the women are watching everybody. They're watching everybody disrobe and they're like, you know, the more you stare, the more natural it seems. So they real they, they're like, all right, fuck it. We're hungry. We're gonna go to dinner and we're gonna embrace us and we're gonna get naked. And I love that they immediately start disrobing I in know. the room all in front of each other. Like B. Arthur, the way B. Arthur, she's like, Wah! she yeah. just like takes her shirt <laughs> and put over her head. She's like not fucking around. I love it. I love that they did that because it shows that like from the beginning, they're like, yes, I want to be naked, but I don't want the other girls to know. But I, I don't know. I love it. It's just like such a special new thing yeah, in their friendship. Like, yeah, there's mountains in Georgia. There's okay, great. Yona Mountain, Robin Bald Mountain. Ariba Mountain. Mountain. Yeah, I believe you. <laughs> Cow um, Rock Mountain. Great. So <laughs> the women, and this is a very famous, uh, this is a very famous moment. Yeah, so they're on their, they're coming down. So they decide to come down for dinner because Rose is like, I am a bit hungry. So <laughs> they are coming down the steps in unison, one on one together, like with, with a bed sheet covering the sheet them. Up. Yep. And, and, one of them says, if we're going to do this, let's do it. Who was that? I don't know. Was it Rose? I think it was Rose. And, and so they just like, all at the same time, throw the bed sheet on the ground, which seems weird to me because it's like, why don't you just like fold it up and hold it? Yeah. Well, it's also weird that they were like, let's embrace this. And then they just take a bed sheet and wrap themselves in it. Yeah. And then they're like, yeah. Well, let's they're embarrassed because once you're naked, then it's real. Right, but to your point, while we were watching this episode, as soon as they throw the bed sheet down... They cover themselves up again. Right, so like we see a shot of the floor, and yeah. we just see a bed sheet go down, and then the next time we see the girls, they're standing behind so the, there are the three Valentine's Day cutouts. happy Valentine's Day. Three large hearts, all personally shaped to match the woman's body behind that particular heart. So like... The the happy one is like Blanche's size. The Valentine's was one very is, tall is tall and slender as Dorothy. It's so funny. That was I had never noticed that before until yeah, you brought it up. So also, weird. I noticed that 
Um, Dorothy, of course, is barefoot, and well, the other yeah. two girls are wearing heels. Of course, yeah, because yeah. Arthur was just like, "Fuck it, I'm not. If you if you want me to be nude, I'm doing I'm this." Do, what do you think? I mean, clearly they were wearing some sort of like nude bodysuit thing underneath. I think they were wearing like yeah, nude like hose or something. They probably had like pants on just rolled up because you didn't really see any of their big part of their legs. Um, no, I'm yeah, I'm sure they had like, like shorts top. on and a tube top or yeah. something. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's and then they do the thing with the, the hearts where they go one, two, three, and they throw them. And once again, we cut to a shot of the floor of the three cardboard hearts going down. And yeah. then the next thing you know, we see them like that. Now they're kind of like really embracing it. They sort of like very confidently walk into the kitchen. The restaurant. The restaurant, yeah. rather. And everyone in the restaurant is dressed. And this fucking piece of shit, motherfucking pencil dicked waiter fucking gives them shade for being mm. naked where he's like we always dress for dinner and in your case every other meal yeah i'd appreciate it if you did it for Fuck every you, meal you piece of shit human being go and die here's what's weird here's what's weird is that and also everybody in the restaurant starts laughing at them you're in a pl- you're at you're literally at like a nudist resort yeah. where clothing is optional. We're fucking the man behind the desk. This is has not happened before clothing. too. You know, this has happened before there. It's just so weird that everyone reacts by laughing. I'm like, I was so that whole, and also the dude so behind much body the desk shame. would have told them there's yes. so much body shame. Cause then the women are like, eh, and they're covering themselves. Yeah. Up. They're, they're embarrassed. Yeah. It really pisses me off. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I love that. The girls, yeah, coming down with the sheet and then it's just, it's yeah. so amazing. Yeah, it was a great, this is a great, it's that's, a great little that's one of the two iconic moments in this episode. Yes. Um, so then back in the kitchen, Sophia mentions that she actually has a date this evening. She's going to be going on a date with Julio Iglesias. But nobody believes nobody her because believes her. Julio Iglesias. And she's like, no, no, like he was visiting his somebody at the, at the senior center and yeah. we, we chatted up and he liked my spunk, but the girls don't believe her. Um, so then we get into a vignette. This is Blanche's story. Which we go back to the bar that Blanche has all of her pivotal moments from her brother, her embracing her gay brother to, um, her meeting a blind man to her eventually one day, um, meeting a man or she has a date with the guy in the wheelchair, I think in a future episode. Oh, maybe. But but anyway, this is the bar where Blanche says George proposed to her. Yeah. So she's set, she has this sort of tradition of always having champagne at this bar because it's what, you know, they had together. Yeah. And he's since passed on. And yeah. so this is her sort of tradition, which is very sweet the way that Rose, you know, makes a birthday cake for herself every year before uh, she decides to move to Florida. I know. PTSD, I know. I, I know. It's... But oh, it's so incredibly sad. Blanche is, is then greeted by a Ralph Lauren model, basically. I don't know who the His fuck this man was. Was on point. So on much. Point. He was sort of like. His hair, I feel like he would have played JFK Jr. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel that. Today. I feel that. And he's all like, yeah, I'm about to propose, but I don't know if it's such a good idea. And Blanche basically says, no, come on, I'll tell you exactly what George said. And they, he sits down and they have a moment. Yes. And it's, and again, like I just wrote Emmy moment. Um, Emmy? She tells oh, this Emmy. Emmy. I was Emmy. like, Emmy? No. What's Emmy? No, Emmy <laughs> is an Emmy award. No, that wouldn't um, be her Emmy moment. She Too has, short. she has a really great, she has, yeah, she has a really great story where she talks about George and she gets a little teary eyed and yeah. she says, you know, love is love, period, which is oh. what she says. And it sets it up so perfectly for modern day branding for everything gay because mm-hmm. um, then the guy's all like, you're right, you're right, I will do it. And then Victor, 
comes in. Mm-hmm. And his, well, you remember his, the name. Yeah, Victor comes in. They're gay, of course I do. And <laughs> he's like, Victor, I have something to tell you, which I he should have said ask, but whatever. And then Blanche looks at the bartender and says, I guess some things do change. <laughs> I, yeah, it was so strange to me. I was like, no, 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 you set it up. You said love is love, period. Well, That's, That should have been your no, exclamation he said, point. No, he said love is love. No, she did not. No, she did. He was repeating it. Okay, well, whatever. She said it first. She wasn't intent. She was not talking about he. She had no idea about gay, and right. nor was she giving any shade to him being gay. She was just very directly noting that times have changed and that right, now gay course. people are, yes. which back then in 1990, this episode came out? 89. 89. Or maybe um, 90. In no place in, uh, I believe, no, I believe the world was same-sex marriage legal. Right, right. In the world. There world. Pro- there were places where there was certain forms of civil unions available, but very, very few. Very few. I think there's like this, I think like Switzerland offered something really, really early on. And Berlin in the 20s actually offered a form of gay marriage. Mm -hmm. I mean, Berlin in the 20s, before Hitler decided to come in and make everything dead, uh, had certain things. So, like, it wasn't foreign, but a man proposing definitely was out of the norm. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Absolutely. Did you also notice how in this scene, both um, Blanche and the waiter kept calling it St. Valentine's Day? Yeah. Yeah, that's weird. I thought it was weird. Because that's like an Italian thing to do. St. Valentine's Day. Yeah, I just noticed that it was just like her and... um, Because isn't Valentine, like... Isn't that an Italian thing? St. Valentine? I don't know, maybe. It's a Catholic um, thing, right? Probably. Yeah. Um, so I'm just, I'm just, I don't want to. It's We've been here for a while. It's hot in here. The air has been <laughs> off. Like, I just want to get to the condoms. Um, That's, everyone knows that this episode is knows, all about yes. the condoms. Let's do it. Let's do it. So, Let's do it. Um, so the next vignette, which is the best, <laughs> is the girls are getting ready to go on a cruise. They all have dates. And they and set it up that they're going. It's like a Valentine's Day cruise that they're doing this together. And they're they were just going to pick up some odds and ends at the at the at the convenience store, and they get romance novels and like sunscreen and shit like that, and then. Blanche looks over at a counter and says, do you think maybe we should pick up some, what does she call it? Oh, some protection. Some protection. And uh, Dorothy says it's probably a good idea. Dorothy, or Rose, doesn't know what she's talking about. (laughs) So in the same... In the same description, in the same display case, basically there's an enema bag, Mm -hmm. um, denture grip stuff. Denture and Nestle's Crunch. And a Nestle's Crunch. Because that's what she... Rose points, she's like, the Nestle Crunch, and Dorothy's like, no, to the right, Rose. And she's if like, you think the about it, bag? If you think about it in a gross way, it's kind of the circle of life. So, like, you... <laughs> the circle you, of life of a you, snack? Yeah, you eat the Hershey bar, and you're like, With your dentures. this is delicious, and it goes through your body. But because chocolate rots your teeth, eventually it leads to dentures. And then, after you've ate the Hershey's bar and you want to have sexual relations, if you're a homosexual, you use the enema bag to, to clean out the Hershey's bar. And then, you're ready for the condoms! Wow! You have just broken this episode <laughs> wide open. I, I guarantee you, only gay people would go in that direction because I think only gay people think of enemas in that. I, yeah, yeah, I would, no, yeah, I would yeah. not have. That's, Necessary. That's amazing. Thank you. That is like every gay man out there. Please, in the comment section, applaud me. 
Yeah, you just that's like finding all those like hidden meanings in like Disney yeah. movies and stuff. Yeah, I did it. Um, and of course, after this is the moment where we get condoms, rose condoms, yeah. condoms, condoms. So out of frustration, let's do it together. Out of frustration, Dorothy yells, "Condoms, rose, condoms, condoms, condoms." condoms. condoms. To which a man promptly replies, asks Dorothy <laughs> if she's just gotten out of prison. <laughs> So they go uh, and they pick up these little things of condoms. They're just like three little things. Like both Dorothy and, and Blanche have little red packets and, and Rose very sort of like passively very picks up slyly, some gray like, one. Very slyly. And the man, the which is totally against protocol, I'm sure, in that shop. But the man but on the loudspeaker. I mean, this was the most... The, the, the most predictable. Yes. This is the way the joke had to this go. This was great. It was great. Um, yo, what's his name? What's the guy's name? Whatever. Yo, whatever. Need a price check on some condoms. <laughs> yeah. And he says, well, then he does. He goes like, these three ladies here are looking for some prophylactics. Two of them have the lambskins and the blonde has the ultra sensitive now, in black. I don't lambskin. That that doesn't protect you from anything. I don't think, does it? I don't think it. I don't know if it protects you from STDs, but I think it well, does for maybe. From I don't baby? know. Oh. Some people get, and again, the girls weren't really looking when they grabbed it, but because um, <laughs> some people also have latex allergies, which is why they get other kinds. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then Blanche. Blanche takes that microphone and she gives a impassioned speech. Yeah, she grabs the like the little store megaphone and she's like, "Just what the hell are you all staring at?" <laughs> wait, wait, no, <laughs> she doesn't. She doesn't say it angry. She's like. What the hell y'all staring at? We are two, or we are three. What is it? I don't know. They're, they're, but she ends it on, what we have done here is morally and socially responsible. Cue applause break. Well, and here's the weird thing. It's the audience applause. Yeah. But for a second, I was like, I thought maybe it was the people in the store that were applauding her. Oh, no. Because we were like tight on Blanche for that shot. And then I was like, oh, it's the audience applause because she just gave a big speech. Yeah, it's an awesome speech. And then Dorothy... <laughs> But the people are all the people in the store are all just staring. They're just staring. Yeah. Well, one of them in the back. You see, I did see one woman in the back going, "Yeah, that's right. That's right. Get your dick." Um, but <laughs> but everyone Amazing. else now. But uh, Dorothy then does something really funny, and she leans into the microphone. And she's like, "I've never met this woman in my wife. These in my life. These are for my brother." Yeah. And she like runs away. <laughs> she runs away. And Rose follows. And yeah, it's a funny end of a bit. Um, have you ever had a moment where like have you ever been embarrassed to buy condoms? No, but I think that gay men again there is a there is a very large difference between gay and straight worlds, and I feel like um in the gay world, I honestly do not remember a time purchasing condoms. I cannot remember when I last purchased condoms in my life because in in gay life, condoms are everywhere mm -hmm. condoms are at every bar at every gay business at every gay bookstore I mean you can't go anywhere you can't go to a clinic without finding condoms and so i feel like condoms are just a constant presence mm -hmm. in our lives i was at ucb the other day and they had a bowl of condoms there which oh, is great um so yeah but i feel like straight people do i always whenever i'm at target i pass the condom section and i'm always like look at you silly straight people having to buy your condoms <laughs> you stupid <laughs> motherfuckers you gotta go to a gay bar get a handful <laughs> that this is great advice. Yeah, just like this, you know, you live near West Hollywood. Just walk down Santa Monica Boulevard past Gay Bar. I don't know if you and Stan are using condoms, but like, and just take a handful of condoms and just you know 
go do your thing. Yeah. Or if you want to go really out there, you can get on Truvada, which is the HIV protection pill, right. which would then not only use be used as a means to like further protect you from getting the HIV virus, but no other STDs. But they usually have ointments for those things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you are a well of knowledge. This is great. I am, guys. Come, um, come at me. When we get back to the kitchen, it's really cute. Rose says that she used all of her condoms, yeah. which, wait, they didn't. I'm like, did they even buy them? Yes, they did. Oh, okay. I think Blanche did after the fact. Oh, okay. But she says that she used all of hers to yeah. fill them with water that, and she threw them at people in the limbo line, which, which is, is amazing. Like, that's exactly what Rose would do with condoms. Yes, yes. To a T, that is what Rose would do with condoms. Yeah. Um, I love that. And just then, the doorbell rings. Who could that be on Valentine's Day? And it's all three girls' dates that show up. And in my Sophia, mind, I'm like, do they fucking know each other? No, probably not. But Sophia set something up to make have it be a surprise. So that's cute. I guess for like all, yeah, it's like, I'm going to surprise you on Valentine's Day by making a date with you and then breaking it yeah. and then showing up like 45 minutes later. Like Blanche says herself, she spent all day getting ready. What if she had just gone back, she takes off all her makeup, gets into her jammies, yeah. and then you show up and then it's like, let's go to nah, dinner now? Nah, I'd be like, nah, no, no, nah, I'm not that leaving. Wouldn't, that wouldn't have happened. There would have been some excuse for that not to happen. But I feel like... You know, clearly they've gone down memory lane. They've had they've had very sort of like iconic Valentine's Day of years past. So like Sophia's probably just making this one yet another iconic Valentine's Day for yeah, a special surprise. She's doing something sweet. I like it. But can we talk about Rose's date? Yes. He, so they 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 do a cute like, oh, you got us, Ma. Ah! And the her date has this like the ultimate. I'm gonna try if I can. Also, if you guys are, if you guys want to go back to the scene and watch it, he's the one standing on the far left. He's wearing like a beige top yes. and or jacket, and he has the fakest dentist smile I've ever seen in my life. Like this piece of shit, literally is like I, I won't you because it's a, a podcast, so you can't see me, but he has like. Like, if you're imagining a completely fake person, fake laughing at you, that's what this man's doing. Well, also, if you notice, Dorothy's date, the man standing in the middle, is the only one with a speaking role. Which yeah. means the men on either side can't really speak because yeah. they're they're paid extras. That yeah. man is being paid as a speaking role. It's a whole different day rate kind of thing. Yeah. And the show tries to get away with paying as little actors as possible, which is why they only gave that one guy a speaking role. Mm -hmm. So what he's doing, as he's either a bad actor, and they were just like, ah, he just he's a good-looking guy, we'll get him, or he's over, he's trying to make up for the fact that he doesn't have any lines. <laughs> so he's, his performance is very big. That's because really he's funny. an extra. He's an extra. Oh, poor extras. So that's that's what's happening there, I believe. Yeah, well, but it was fun. So they all go on their fucking date, but, and, 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 uh, Dorothy's like, would you like to come with us? And Ma's like, you got cotton in you. Yeah, I got a date. And then the girls leave for their date. And Sophia like hustles into the kitchen. She prances. She, okay, she's she prancing prances. right she now. She hustles though. And yeah. she's getting ready to put the ice cream back in the freezer. When, when there's a. Th I have no idea what that sounded like. It sounded like a nut. Oh, okay. So <laughs> um, she, and, and I believe Julio Iglesias's appearance in this episode i believe is the way that he is shown on the show i believe is a result of him being very nervous upon appearing 
on television wait, in front of a live should, audience. We should explain because and not, re- no, wait, no. but not everyone's as old as we are. Um, that Julio Iglesias is Enrique Iglesias' father. He was a big time Spanish crooner yes. in like the late seventies, early eighties, and even into the nineties. And now he's just Enrique Iglesias. But he looked father. he looked really great. He in did this look episode. great. He did look great. Um, but Sophia goes. Essentially, she she has her interaction with him off camera, basically yeah. where like the garage is, that door you go out through the kitchen that's into mm-hmm. the garage. And she says like, what took you so long? And he's like, sorry, I'm late. And I think this is all stuff that they maybe recorded afterwards. Like it do- it's all sounds 80 yard. Like it didn't yeah. even happen in that moment. It also makes you think that it's like the George H.W. Bush episode where like maybe just another person doing a Julio Iglesias accent. Who's- no, I think he did it, but I think that he was maybe very nervous. Maybe yeah. he couldn't get his lines right. So they were like, we're just going to do it off camera. They could have literally handed him a script right then and there. Yeah. Um, and then they go into the kitchen and, um, and also the audience is like screaming when he walks in Of course. and it's really sweet. And I noticed panties, this on, panties. I noticed this on the <laughs> IMDb page where, as the audience is screaming, him and Sophia are looking at each other, and it looks like she she mouths the words "now" as yeah. if to say like "now the scene starts" because yeah. the audience has just stopped screaming, and uh, and then she asks him if he'll sing, and he starts singing one of his songs, and they sing together. Which I had also heard that he was very nervous, and she, being someone who like she also like famously suffered from stage fright yeah um that she understood that and so she agreed to sing with him yeah uh you know because she, it's a really she knew cute moment like. because you see in a weird way and i had never noticed this before carrie pointed it out but when she when sophia says now you see estelle getty sort of like taking ownership of the scene and in a weird way it's comforting to see that it's it's comforting to see her as an actress sort of guiding this what we know now is like a very nervous person through a a scene on a very popular show. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's a, it's cute to see because oftentimes we don't see Sophia's character or Estelle Getty even ever as in charge as ever, uh, you know, the, 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 the force driving something. She's usually, you know, the, in the periphery area, sort of making jokes about Mm -hmm. things. Rarely is she driving it. And, and in this scene, she's, of course, driving it. And it's cute to see her as yeah. an actress be the B Arthur, if you will. Right, right. Yeah. She was very, yeah, she was so great. And I love, too, that out of all the women, you know, Sophie is the oldest character on the show. And she's the one who gets the date with Julio Iglesias. She's the one who gets the date with Burt Reynolds. You know yeah. what I mean? This is really sweet that it's like it's always Sophia who's getting it. the dates with the celebrities. I love it. And that's the episode. And that was the episode. They go on their date. I loved it. I yeah. loved it. I love those vignettes. It's a fun vignettes. flashback episode. It's very fun. It has some emotion. Yeah. It has some history. Yeah. has a lot of laughs. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good one. My golden takeaway from this episode is... I think that me, you, Stan, and a stranger should all go look at this Elvis impersonator at this nudist colony together. And we should embrace ourselves as beautiful people. Like I said on the last podcast, I'm shaped like the penguin. So you guys can even just laugh at that. And that'll get you through the afternoon. That's my golden takeaway. That's a beautiful golden takeaway. Thank you. Um, It'll happen. We probably won't do it. It'll happen. But um, my golden takeaway for this episode, man, this is a tough one. To catch up on Julio Iglesias' records? I, maybe. I don't want to do that. 
Um, to buy a condom. Oh, or no, to not no, buy no, condoms. No, no. To no, go no. get a pack of condoms. Well, that can be your takeaway because that was your... I mean, that is that is a really great... That's a great point. I think my golden takeaway is um, if you are hired as an extra, <laughs> either... I mean, I don't know. I kind of like that that guy like owned it. Like he was like... Because here's the thing. We're talking about him right now. Yeah. We noticed him. Well, yeah, we so noticed him, but we noticed him because point, he looked ridiculous. Doesn't matter. If that was his point, it's like when Tommy Wiseau made The Room, right? It's such a bad movie that it became a cult classic and everybody loves it and talks about it because it's so bad. What the fuck's The Room? Oh, my God. You've never seen The Room? <laughs> What's The Room? Oh, gosh. All right. You and me. What is it? We're going to watch it. Explain it. it. Is, it. Famously, I guarantee you there are people who don't know what The Room is. It is a famously terrible movie that got mm. a that has like a cult following. Who's in it? What is it? It's it was it's a it, it was made by a mysterious man named Tommy Wiseau. Nobody really knows anything about him. He's when did like it come out? Kind of European. Um, I don't know. Like mm, I want to say like two thousand. Okay, so it was it the, so it was recent within the past twenty years. It came out in two thousand three. Okay. Yeah, it's just it's a it's it's a it's a terrible 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 movie that yeah. is it's like one of those movies where it's so bad that it's amazing because it's so bad the only room movie called the room i know is the one that came out last year which she won the academy wasn't Award that what rome for. one just called room it's yeah the same thing does this does this mean <laughs> nothing to you you're tearing me apart lisa does that not mean anything to you have no. you never heard anyone say that you're no. tearing me apart lisa okay never. We'll watch it together. I own it on DVD because Stan bought it for me because, like, our third date, we watched it together. Oh, that's sweet. And that's why you're together to this day. And he, he dressed up in a tuxedo and he brought a football over, which, if you've seen The Room, you know how adorable that is. Um, that's sweet. Yeah. I don't know why. But you don't know why. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Um, oh, that's a good takeaway. I like that. Good. Extras. Yeah, I don't know that I made a point, but that that's it. It doesn't matter. I'm so I hot like right it. now. We've got to wrap this up. Guys, um, you're hot. I'm so not I'm hot. so warm right now. That's the air's so been off for like two hours. Um, so if you guys are following along with the podcast and watching the episodes along with it, the next episode we will be covering is Two Road Together. Yeah. Yeah, they did. That's nice. I'm going to do something for Carrie, and I'm going to give our listeners a little insight into how we live. Alexa, turn the living room air on. And there the air comes on for Carrie. Do you guys went, hear that? Okay. She's like so. Siri, but for your apartment. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, I am the Amazon Echo, guys. Guys, this has been Out on the Lanai. Thank you so much for listening. You can go to outonthelanai.com for more. You can also go check us out on La Facebook or La Twitter or La Tumblr at Golden Girls Podcast or Golden Girls Pod on, on Twitter. And I am, uh, you can follow me at uh, Squid Eat Squid on Twitter or Squidzy on Instagram. And I am H. Allen Scott on everything. And if you guys want to give us a little bit of moolah because we want to come to a city near you and we thank you so much for all the past donations, you can go to outonthelanai.com slash donate to set up a one-time donation or to set up a monthly donation from Patreon. We've partnered with Patreon, so we really love that. And this has been a HeadGum Network podcast, and we are hosted by Spreaker. And as always, guys, remember to stay golden. Oh, okay. <laughs> I like it that way. I like it too. Okay, bye. That was a HeadGum podcast. <laughs>